Hey all, Joe here. Thank you for joining us for another Amped interview on this lovely spring day. I don't know what the weather's like in your neck of the woods, but it's just one of those things you say, I suppose. But we're nearing the end of May, and we're happy to share with you an interview that Dan conducted with an up-and-coming Canadian artist by the name of Josh McCabe. You may know his band, The Cabes. Dan spends a generous amount of time chatting with Josh, not just about music, but about production and the balance between being an independent artist and taking care of your family and what you can and can't do on a string budget. Great interview. Hope you enjoy it. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. Frequency.fm presents The Amped Interview. Now, let's dive right in, because I don't want to take a lot of your time, but uh, we, we literally talked almost a year ago on Facebook, back and forth. We've been connected on social media. I don't even know if we physically met in person. We know each other, you know. That doesn't really matter in this world anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you're a Canadian artist. I've uh, been in that realm, but I'm sort of... My my son's now an artist, so am I over the hill? I don't know, but uh, <laughs> um, no, you're not over the hill, man. Your best years are still ahead of you. <laughs> so, but you're well. Let's start with who you are. Um, you know, because you're you're married, you've got a family. Tell me a bit about yeah. who Josh McCabe is first. Yeah, um, you know, I I felt the call to ministry really when I was 15, and. Um, I've been doing ministry ever since. I mean, I was um, kind of overseeing these youth rallies I used to have in my, my old town when I was 15, 16, 17. Our youth group sucked, and, and we didn't have really a youth pastor. So I decided that we were going to do something and reach the community, and that really launched my passion for ministry. And um, I've been kind of in occupational pastoral ministry uh, for almost 10 years, and um you know, a lot of that in the world, the realm of young adult ministry and college ministry. And, and recently, I mean, I've, music's always really been part of the side, um, something I've done on the side as a hobby and, and a love and a passion. But recently, I really felt the call, both my wife and I, that, that this music was something the Lord was asking us to really focus in and lean into for a season. Yeah. Yeah. Now, your wife has endeavors on her own as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've written some of them down, but do you want to do you want to talk about that at all? Or uh... yeah, so my wife's always been an incredible writer, an incredible um, Bible teacher, and just has this in this God given ability to really speak to who people are and where they're at, and really help them understand who they are and what scripture who Scripture says they are. And so she started a ministry called Kaleo. Um, back this fall and um, it's been awesome actually I was just helping her record her podcast last night I'll be editing it later this afternoon Um, but the website's called kaleopeople.com and um, she's just been she's been doing awesome I'm so proud of what she's doing and and I'm telling you there's going to be a day that comes when She'll be traveling around speaking, and I'll be the one at home with the kids. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. It's amazing how God can work. Um, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I happened to notice uh, on Facebook that there was a podcast, so I was waiting to see if you'd mention it. I always think it's great when people dive into podcasting. Um, it's funny, even you know, being in the audio realm, do people really have, quote-unquote, time to, to pay attention, to listen in? But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually think that people are, are wanting more depth and wanting, mm-hmm. you know, genuine... That's why we still exist, you know, genuine conversations with genuine people. 
yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, so you have the band Caves, and and what mm-hmm. what is the band? What makes up the band Caves? Um, really, it's funny because when I decided to do um, a, a new music project after I, I sort of had put the season, I'd done a um, ministry before called 905. And when that, that chapter closed for me, um, I'd really wanted to do another another endeavor. And, and these songs kept coming out in the season I spent away from ministry. I spent a year away from pastoral ministry and public ministry altogether. And I wanted it to be, when I released it, I wanted it to be under a band name because I wanted it to be separate from Josh the Pastor. And what's funny is that I realized that the two are so intertwined mm-hmm. and that I never stopped being the pastor. Yeah. Even when I'm playing music, um, it's not a con like when we, when we play live, it's not a concert. I constantly stop because I feel like God wants to accomplish something in the moment. And I want to open his word for a minute. And I want to see people encounter the presence of God, just like a pastor does. Yeah. And, and it's not just simply playing music for me. It's, there's a pastoral side of my life and, and, you know, Caves um, really is, is a biblical band name because it's it's rooted and rooted in um, Elijah's story and David's story when they fled to the caves. And I know, I mean, I don't know. It's like to feel what they felt, but I feel like I was pretty darn close. And and that was my journey, and my story. And I I just leaned into that because I figured if I felt like I'm in this place, wondering when God's going to show up, and if I'm in this place of the caves feeling alone and once riding high and now wondering if God's still got me. Um, Chances are someone else has been there too. Well, and the call of a pastor is not easy, right? And you're right, everywhere you go. I mean, me being a pastor in Prince Edward Island here. um, Yeah, it doesn't matter where you go, whether it's something as simple as a a gathering where people are eating and you become the guy that prays all, all the way down to when people are struggling, who do they ask? Um, yeah. Cause if yeah. you're on the road traveling, you're going to engage with people. And especially if your music is based on struggle or, or, you know, God's grace or sovereignty or whatever it is, um, you, you want people to resonate with that. So that's naturally going to bring in these conversations. So you being a pastor actually is probably the best thing you could be as you're traveling. Well, you know, it's funny. Like I think I just got off a tour um, and we did about, I think I did about 24 different um, quote-unquote appearances because, you know, sometimes I'd lead worship somewhere in the morning and then be somewhere different at night playing a concert. But um, I did 24 things in about 35 days. And um, there were some nights where I'd be able to pray with people and actually lead them to some freedom in an area of their life that you realize as you're praying for them that there's there's these lies they believe about themselves and we can replace those with God's truth. and. It's funny because people would say to me, like, oh, thank you so much. Like, oh, you have merch to sell. Like, thank you so much for taking time. And I go, no, no, I don't think you get it. I only did that on stage so I can do this right now. Yeah. yeah. This is what this is what drives me, and this is what really fuels my ministry. And, and sometimes I'm a pastor with a Bible and a microphone, and sometimes I'm a pastor with a guitar and a song. Yeah. Yeah. Now, would you consider yourself uh, first and foremost— I mean, obviously a pastor, that's that's sort of an overarching role. But as as a creative, would you call yourself a songwriter, a producer, a performer, or all of the above? Um, 
I mean, I think I think there would be a day I would say all of the, all of the above. I think people who know me would say I'm all of the above. But I think I think my heart and what what beats my heart to pursue the performer, to pursue the producer, to pursue the the networking, whatever, is that I'm a psalmist at heart. Hmm. I want to write the honest stuff. I want to write. Um, like since since when did we get so afraid? to say what we really think like david said lord would you crush my enemies and elevate me above them yeah and and that's honest and real and and it's like a holy righteous anger and that's okay and i think that you know uh, especially on this next record i've i've really written some songs one of the songs is actually straight out of songs it's just psalm 110 all verbatim mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah we just actually finished preaching through the psalms through advent the well christ oh, awesome. christ in the psalms awesome. so that's cool actually as you're saying this i'm i'm actually picturing um some of the interviews that i watched with bono from u2 where yeah. he went through the psalms and he had the very same statement why can't we be yeah. real why can't you know uh, the laments and um, yeah you know why did and and some of that you know i've had um, conversations with other artists in the U.S., you know, sort of that yeah. CCM realm or K-Love or, mm-hmm. you know, where everything's got to be happy, you know, glossy. and um, Yeah. And I, I actually think there is a realm for that. I'm not I agree. knocking them because you need positivity. But if it's only a glazed positivity, then, yeah, yeah then where is the struggle? And Well, you know, I mean, and it's a side of me, too, where I go, there is absolutely a place for it for both because – when I look at my, my role as the worship leader on Sunday mornings, my role is not to dive too deep there because you know what? Church ought to be the one place that despite whatever week you've had, you can walk in and experience and hear about the joy of the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Like yeah. Sunday mornings ought to got to be about joy. Yeah. But I mean, when it's concert time and when it's testimony story time, um, I'll get real. And, but I mean, there, there's, uh, the songs are never about, um, dead end hope. It's I have this song that says, um, "These hidden seasons are hurting way too much. I have no idea where I'm going, but still, you've been close enough." Mm-hmm. And I go, "Yeah, still, God is faithful. Still, God is true. Still, still, He's with us." Yeah. Now, um, obviously, you're you're on the road. You're basically a solo artist as Caves. Then. Um, how do you accomplish what you do on the road as as one guy? You've you've got no one else really to rely on other than yourself. Um, yeah. you know, you're traveling with other artists a lot of the time. If you're in a tour, um, what does that look like for a for a guy like you who's you know married with a child or children? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like for you? Well, it's I mean, I don't always travel solo, so I do I do have a band, a group of guys that I do travel with um, when I when I can do it. I think the reality is is that they're all connected to the local church. They're all part-time at their church, and um, they can't hit the road for three weeks. And and I, I can't afford to bring them for three weeks. Yes. And, um, and, you know, that's kind of the reality. Um, so when I can, I usually travel with one other guy. But often when you're flying places, um, like you have that real struggle where you go, man, I want to bring another guy to play with me, but that's another $600. Hmm out of our monthly family budget and $600 is, goes a long way. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, 
so I think I think there's that that tension I'm with. But when I'm when I'm solo, um, I think what's been been really good because um, I have I have great accountability stuff around me, which is killer. Um, I'm also like the most boring person in the world. That, like, can I quote you I, on that? <laughs> yeah, you probably can. I'm I'm a TV binge watcher. I'm obsessed with hockey and sports radio. Um, I'll just go back to my hotel or to a host home and just listen to sports radio podcasts for hours and be just in my element. You actually sound like a lot of my pastor friends, to be honest. I mean, it's funny how guys who are up front. Um, yeah. tend to be sort of introverted by nature. I know I'm sort of an extroverted introvert. Basically means yeah. you put on what you need to, to to do what God called you to do, but it, yeah. it, it sucks energy out of you, and then you need to recharge. Right? Totally. Completely agree. And so wife, that probably leads gets, into your songwriting too, right? Yeah, I think um, some of my, my songs on this album, a lot of them are written alone, just me. Yeah. And um, a lot of them were written at 11 p.m. Yeah. A lot of them were just me alone. And and um, that's also, I felt like, was a lesson God was teaching me. Because I didn't start this album for months because I kept thinking I needed to write with all these Nashville hit songwriters. And the Lord just said to me, "What? why Why can't I just speak through you? Yeah. Well, and, and to be honest, I listened through your, your playlists and tracks on your website um, I've heard you in the past too, of course, and I, I tracked, you know, with what you're doing with 905 back in the day, I even watched some of it live stream. Um, so there's definitely always been a caliber there and you've got some good contacts and, and, you know, you're able to bring in guys and, and gals that have ex- experience, but you've always had a caliber that dare I say is, is not Canadian sounding. <laughs> is it fair to say that there, there is a, there is a sort of a, a next level down veneer that's always resonated with Canadian content. I hate to say yeah. that, but I yeah. listened to so much of it um, that you've done it well. Um, was that because of maybe the broader influences that you've had? Um, you know, like I think like Aaron Gillespie or, you know, like some of the worship leaders that have gone to the U.S., but you're still connected mm-hmm. to. Um, has there been that yeah. sort of an influence? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for me, uh, there's, there's always... I don't know if it's if it's the influence as much as just just a desire that that good enough is not okay anymore. Like it's it's not okay for the church. It's not okay for Canada. It's not okay for music. Um, it I'm just not okay with good enough, and, yeah. and I rather sit and wait and spend the money and do it right. Yeah. And and yeah, you know, I think I think that. For me, I, I feel like I've been connected yet disconnected from the Canadian music industry, um, or, and it's it's funny because like at days I feel like you know if you've ever seen Walk the Line, there's this there's um, this uh, maybe it's not Walk the Line, maybe it's this documentary about Johnny Cash, but there's this this ad he takes out in Country Radio magazine where he's basically giving them the middle finger. Yes, and and, and though I've have not reached middle finger status. Um, I feel like at times there is that like, man, I feel so rejected yeah. at times by some of, um, I was having a conversation with a fellow artist yesterday about this and her and I were just saying that, that sometimes we feel so left behind mm-hmm. and, and, but that's okay. Like I don't, we don't do this for band's approval or, or even radio people approval. Do we do this because yeah. we're called to do it? 
Yeah. Well, and I, I to follow up with my previous statement, right. and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I do think that there is a there's so much good talent in Canada that they're actually mm-hmm. getting signed. Yeah. You know, like integrity totally. music and um, centricity, like these. You know, it's it is happening, and there is great immense talent here. Um, mm-hmm. Really, culturally, it's different. Like people don't don't consume the same way here. We like our devices, yeah. but we're we won't show up to a concert and pay some money, you know, yeah. until the last minute. Which is hard for an artist like you. It's like, well, you know, I, I that's sort of like, what's the point in coming if you're not going to come and hang out with me, right? So right. that is a that is a cultural thing here in Canada, I would say. I think too, like you know, there's some great up and coming artists, but I mean, there's there's some that have had to fallen by the wayside because there's just they haven't been able to get the traction or or get the support, and it's it's hard. And and I kind of go, why why am I why am I taking this risk again? Why am I doing this? Yeah. But it's it's because the Lord's asked me to, and yeah. and that's the only reason I'm doing it. Now, I mean, we could dive in a whole bunch of different directions because obviously there's some history with the Daniel Band, and you sort of did a Daniel yeah. Band tribute. Did you want to just briefly explain the whole purpose behind that? Just for there's yeah, a lot of people sure. that that listen that that wouldn't know the Daniel Band and are not Canadian, and you know. So if you want to just explain that a bit, yeah. So um, my dad was the um, um, bass player and singer of a band called, sorry, the Daniel Band, and they were uh, active from basically 81 to 89 and put out five records and um you know it's funny because when they were around christian music as an industry was just getting started and they did something that was unique it was christian rock and roll it was (laughs) it was heavy metal yeah yeah and and People didn't know what to do with it. People would pick it outside their concerts. People would protest. People would burn their albums. Like, it's funny the amount of camps I've played at that used to have those albums banned in the '80s. They weren't allowed on site. Yeah. And and it's it's just it's funny. I mean, they were, but they were really successful. They're really the first Christian rock band to come out of Canada. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, they sold out Massey Hall in Toronto. Which, if you don't know, Massey Hall is it's like a 2500 seat like glorious auditorium oh yeah i've, I've been to many concerts the, there it's awesome it's yeah. some of the best play and, and you know what's what's really cool is is that this is the influence they had i was hanging um one of the guys trevor McNeven from tfk yeah will will go on record saying that they paved the way to do what he does yeah. and um one of the coolest most funny moments was i was sitting on a tour bus chatting with john cooper skillet Yep. And he starts talking about, he starts singing a song as a Petra song. I said, ah, it's before my time. I don't know it. And he goes, oh, man, you got to get into that. So that's my dad's, my dad's age. He played in a Christian rock band in the 80s. Go, what's the name? He goes, what's the name of your dad's band? I go, Daniel Band. And he starts singing my dad's song. <laughs> He's like, I owned all those records. Yeah. And it's kind of the surreal moment was when John said, do you have any on vinyl? Mm. Could you get your dad to sign them and bring them to me? Yeah. So I brought him a couple signed vinyls, and he was just ecstatic. I go, you're John Cooper Skillet, and you think my dad's cool. Yeah, it's that's wild. And again, I'm old enough to understand it and know. You know, I I I lived in the vinyl era, but I didn't care about vinyl at the time. Right, right. But my daughter actually just bought some vinyl. She just got a record player. She's 18. And uh, we found White Heart and Petra and all the old albums nice. at a pawn shop downtown here. 
And uh, nice. so there, there is a huge uh, resurgence and rejuvenation of some of this stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, I, it is true, though, that it did pave the way. My youth pastor back in the day actually listened to the Daniel Band. And that's how I even knew so the name. Cool. So cool. So that's cool. But um, what I wanted to yeah. talk about also was um, Johnny Cash. You did mm-hmm. a tribute to Johnny Cash. Where did that come from? Like, I, I have an idea because I know you. But yeah. Where, where, what was driving that? It's funny because um, if you talk to quote unquote industry people, they said, what were you doing? What were you thinking? We don't get it. And I go, awesome. It's exactly the response I wanted. I don't really care. <laughs> um, so I, I watched Walk the Line and I said, man, I love this guy. Yeah. I, I love, and I go, and I, I empathize with him. The more I watch his documentaries, the more I read about Johnny Cash. And like I, I knew about Johnny Cash, but... I dove hard into his story. I watched every documentary I could find. And I and I watched his life, even at the worst point, and I go, oh, he's King David. Mm, yeah. That's who he is. Rose fast, fell hard. Yeah. Um, and, and never stopped loving God. Yeah. In the midst of it. Had his vices, had his stuff. And I go, man, I can relate to that. And so um, over Christmas break, me and the band guys just thought, said, do you want to have some fun? Got together and made that EP in about five days. Wow. And um, it was cool because I got to have my buddy Andrew Hyatt. Um, he's a country artist uh, he, uh, in the mainstream world and grew, but grew up in the church. And um, and I got to have him part of it. And I also got to have Trevor McNeven part of it, TFK, yeah. which was a huge blast. So it was, it was just a fun thing. It was meant to be a fun thing. It wasn't meant to be the, the new future of caves. It was just meant to be something fun. We did. Yeah. Well, when I was talking to Joe, who, who, um, co-hosts this with me, and of course he's American, um, okay. his, his, uh, his favorite band, which is really hilarious is blue rodeo. Wow. Okay. Like, Come on, man. They're Canadian. He's like, well, I know, yeah. but yeah. So he has every album. He could sing every song. Um, but yeah, he was mostly intrigued when I said that we were going to talk. He said, you have to ask about that because we find it so interesting when artists can go in a direction that's unpredictable and, and quote unquote, not care because it's not a rebellious thing. It's a response no. thing, right? Yeah. And it was, you know, it's, I had fun making it. I had fun. It was the first time that I'd ever done anything in the studio with all, all the band guys present. Yeah. We did it together and we, you know, and then I, yeah, it was just like, I wanted, I got to bring my friends in on it. We had some fun with it and yeah. and that's what it was meant to be. Just some fun. Well, the, the music of it is, is fun. It's great. I mean, as a guitarist, I would like, I'm listening to some of your tracks and I'm like, oh man, I wish yeah. I could actually just play in the room. Yeah. Cause there's it's a awesome. raw, rawness to it in that kind of um, realm and that style. Um, and again, mm-hmm. you know, pentatonic scales everywhere and um and was it challenging for you vocally um as a guy who's sort of led modern worship uh, for so long to dive into that or did you have other guys dive in for some of the vocals i didn't check every track to see who sang yeah yeah um so to be honest it was the easiest vocal thing i've ever done and and the reason was is because it was me it was like I, i think like there's that rock and roll side of my dad I have and and that gritty not so pretty like yelling voice like that like 
I feel like I've pulled some influence from Aaron Gillespie when, when I said, man, how do you sing so high? He says, I just don't care if I hit the note or not. Yeah. yeah. I just scream and just open up and whatever comes out, comes out. And he goes, it's funny. I end up hitting the note most of the time. <laughs> and I just, so I just kind of took some of that and just said, you know what? Forget trying to be pretty. Forget trying to be perfect. Let's or just polished. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's be raw and real. Yeah. Now, uh, when you're producing albums, there's there's a huge cost involved. How did you? I I know the answer, but just for other people who are who are like, I want to do an endeavor. How do I make that happen with a limited budget and you know production and people and how does that all happen for you? Um, I mean, I did I did some crowdfunding stuff um, through Indiegogo and and some people. Um, were super generous outside of the campaign and kind of dropped off some some donations at our, our door, which was, which was totally unexpected and, mm-hmm. and amazing. And um, but the reality is, and even on this album, I am I am stretching the dial. Like I am in there myself doing a lot of the work because yeah. I can't afford someone else to do it. Yeah, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. Um, I, I don't. I don't have the kind of budget to make this album. I made the whole first Caves album, the full-length Caves 10-song album. I made that on $3,500. Wow. And some people can't get three songs done for $3,500. Yeah. But I had I stretched it mm-hmm. as thin as I had to. Yeah. So, um, you know, the biggest thing is the polish in the end, the mastering and getting it yeah. ready for production. Did you did you invest the money in that end or yeah. in studio time for tracking? Um, I invested a lot of it in the mixing. And um, and it's really cool about this next record is that um, this guy that his name is Mark Schroer, um, he he's done some mixing for me before on some smaller projects. And he's gotten so good lately that, that I'm having to mix a bunch of this stuff on the new album. But, but you know, if, especially on the first album, I, I paid a, a really good producer and mixer in Toronto. His name is Derek Hoffman. He works on a ton of mainstream stuff, mainstream pop stuff. Yep. And um, not a Christian guy. They didn't want a Christian sound. And also, when you spend that much time in the studio, you have some great, some great conversations about the Lord. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. um, but, you know, I basically paid, I joked, said, all right, I'm paying you to fix my mistakes. <laughs> and we spent a couple of days fixing mistakes. And, and yeah. so he goes, what, what are you doing here? And I go, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, raw honesty is always good. Um, I always like asking artists this question. Do you bother with um, Melodyne and, and pitch correction and things like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 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 a helpful tool. You can't rely on it, but it's a helpful tool for sure. Yeah, because you know, there's the purists out there that say, "Well, do it, do it, do it well the first time." But then there's the reality of when you're doing it, how you're doing it, wrong microphones, yeah. too far away, too close. Yeah, because on the on the tracking side, it can get incredibly difficult to navigate, especially if you're not good at it to even know what to use. Well, and I think too, like my goal is get it. Like, what I don't do is I don't I don't take seven vocal takes. I take two or three, and like we'll get it right. And I will sing the line ten times until it's right. Right. And I go like, let's not let's not just go at it. Let's get it right. Yeah. And then, and then that way editing is so much easier. Yeah. 
Yeah. No. So I'm assuming you're tracking yourself. So you have an idea of like you're starting and stopping yourself sort of thing. So you know when you're happy with it. Uh, yes and no. Um, vocals, I definitely bring somebody. I definitely bring a guy in because I find that he pushes me to be less lazy. <laughs> um, where he'll go, you got more in you. You got more in you. Come on, stop, stop being a wuss. Like, yeah. give it, give it some guts. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, now I'm. We're almost done, but I wanted to to ask on the production side because I know you do a lot of it um, for artists that want to get their stuff out there. What is a what's a good scenario for them for tracking? Like, let's say you you're just starting with a three song EP. You want to get yourself out there. You have you know um, GarageBand or or Logic and mm-hmm. a microphone. Um, the best way to go about tracking yourself or microphone that you've used. Um, I know I've talked to Drew Brown and he's like SM7B, man. It's got to be SM7B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, is, is there any sort of true like tricks of the trade with you as far as what you like to use? Yeah, um, SM7s are great. Um, although most of this new record's hilarious because it sounds awesome, and we recorded almost all the acoustic guitars with an SM57, oh, yeah. which is just a simple little guitar amp mic. Yeah. And you use it on a snare. It's versatile. It sounded awesome. Yeah. And we had all these fancy mics hung up all over the room, and the one we used was the SM57, a little $125 mic. Yeah, I honestly, I hear that all the time. That's why I ask the question, because usually the response I get is in the 57, 58 variety. <laughs> Which is yeah, funny. And you know what? If you're if you're an artist, like don't don't break the bank buying stuff. Yeah. Go rent it for a weekend. Like that's the great thing about music stores is you can go rent something or find someone that has it. Like go on these gear sites and say, Hey man, can I shoot you twenty five bucks for your mic or whatever? Like yeah. do that. Like don't don't go buying gear that, that may work or may not work for you. Yeah, and even like for me locally here, along McQuaid's at the bottom of our hill, so we're we're yeah. blessed here. And they'll even just lend us gear instead of awesome. you know renting it. They'll say, hey, you know, try it out. If you don't like it, bring it back. Whatever. Um, it's awesome. Yeah, so there are local stores that do want to see people do well, um, yeah. and they got fifteen, twenty of them against the wall, right? So they it's awesome. You know, yeah, without you doing projects, they wouldn't have sales ultimately. So. Totally. Yeah, and rental's a big part of their business. Um, right. Uh, before we go, um, so what's next for Caves? What's on the horizon? Yeah, so um, this this new album that I've been working on called Hidden Seasons, um, it's almost done. It's almost crossed the finish line. Um, I, uh, I've got a couple shows out in the East Coast in February, um, and then a bunch of shows kind of heading out west in March. Um, right now I'm really, I mean, the last November, December were absolutely insane for us as far as touring. And so I'm taking January and kind of half of February to settle down, but kind of come first weekend, second weekend of February starts to ramp up again. And, and so, um, I had a Nashville with my wife in a week. We, I got some meetings and stuff down there. So we're going to do that together and, and, you know, spend our anniversary there and, and hang out. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And, um, movie night with the kids tonight that's what's on the horizon (laughs) well thank you so much for for sharing with us and uh, absolutely frequency.fm is a podcast featuring christian artists authors creatives and experts for more music reviews book reviews and articles please visit us at frequency.fm